0: So, should we just jump right in then?
1: Welcome this, back! Yeah, this is our new... This is a thing that we are trying! No
0: special intro, just jumping right in and getting started. So, hello listeners!
1: Hi friends! Oh, we missed you! We genuinely I did! I don't think I
0: realized how much <laughs> until just this moment. Yeah, once so we,
1: we like put like- the headphones on, I got like a little tingly, I got some goosebumps, I'm just excited to be back in the space. I also realized today that in the many years we have recorded this podcast, we have Always sat at this table like this. Yeah. Never any other position. I don't know what it was about it, but I had like some random anxiety that you would be like, oh, since we redid the basement, everything's different. We're going to sit in a different position at the table. I was going to be like, no. I don't know if I would feel, like, in my podcasting
0: juju if if we had
1: to sit, like, on the other, like, the short ends
0: of the table. No. We
1: would be just, like, bumping feet under the table the whole podcast. crazy. (laughs) Rude Crazy talk.
0: Um, Yeah, I I would, at some point, like, to get us more comfortable chairs. Yes. Like, so, like, upgrading, hopefully, in the future. I want to redo the table. I Mm -hmm. still like the shape of it, but, like... The glossy black was like a moment I had in my twenties that like I'm over now. So, <laughs> but like, it
1: looks nice with that like the how you redid the yeah I, like it'll still here stay... that the listeners can't see, right. but like
0: yeah like it'll it'll still look good and it'll still reference everything in the room. But I'm just like I'm kind of over the glossiness of it. it okay, needs, fair. And like it just kind of needs to be refinished because I did not take the time to really do it properly. I just like sanded and painted. Mm. So
1: there's you know. Maybe the next time we have free change, time.
0: Change will come, but this situation. The
1: way we sit will always, will always be sick. the same. And
0: also, we always want to be as far apart from each other as we can because we don't want your microphone to be picking up my voice. Okay, fine. So like that's audio that's, fun That's facts. why I originally set us up this way like far apart. Okay. Not because I was like mm, this Melissa girl is coming to my house and I better make sure that, <laughs> I don't like, really know her right, but she's like, going to walk
1: in and see me cooking her soup and watching the West Wing and she's going to fall deeply in platonic love with me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Man, seriously, first I time I went over sure. to
1: hang out with Kurt he was making me butternut squash soup from the Kelly Osborne recipe yep, yep. and watching West Wing on his like tablet of some sort and my heart was soaring, and then he was like, "Hope you don't mind eating bread and salad with our soup." I was like, oh. "It was it was too perfect. It was too beautiful." And here we are, so many years later. Here we are, but
0: doing this thing called Forensic Faces. Yay, our podcast uh, that we like podcast. just like took yeah. a quick
1: little three month break from. Uh,
0: but it, you know what? It was, it so, was so necessary. We did so, like
1: a lot of things happened to us as people in those three months, right? And I feel like. The best way to not and we like did so about it too much is to maybe like just do like quick like back and forth rundown of like all the things that we did. I don't remember. Okay, cuz like
0: like it's been
1: like I took a trip yeah. and did a thing and got another new title at my job and um got a new got rid of a roommate, got a new roommate.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: So still not I don't know. eating animal I... products. <laughs> You're like, you're doing things. Well, I
0: mean, like I put out the first fall catalog, like the first catalog I did for myself at work, mm-hmm. which was like a big deal. Um, that took a lot of extra time. John and I did a trip to Chicago, finally saw Hamilton. Yeah. It's so these are the things I want to like saw it what yes. says it is. You got to see
1: Karen. Thank goodness. I got to see Karen
0: Olivo, thank the gay gods. Whew. Loved her. She was amazing. Couldn't take my eyes off her. I know. Probably to the detriment of the show itself, because there were times when I'm like, I'm just going to see what she's doing over there.
1: I know. She's just like Upstage half left. in darkness, yep, just, like, like, just like
0: doing little shoulder an, dancing, and holding you're just an umbrella, enthralled. Holding an umbrella and just like twirling, and I was like, okay, what's she yeah. doing? Oh, Tell okay. me more. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about something important. Let's talk about Kelly Clarkson.
1: Yes. So- I don't, I feel like we haven't talked about her on the podcast before. We've talked about a lot that's of crazy I because know. I'm
0: obsessed yeah. with Kelly Clarkson.
1: When talking to Kurt's fiance about the music that will be at their wedding, he said, oh, one playlist is Broadway and Kelly Clarkson. And I was like, oh, what else? He's like, no, Melissa, that's it. That's it. But our girl just released a new song on Thursday called Love So Softly. I have not stopped listening to it. I have not stopped sending Snapchats and me singing it to Kurt and Antonio Trinidad. It's also, true. anyone who will watch me do it. It is all that I do. We just took a uh, a small pause in our recording and all I did during that time was just horribly sing that song and twist my hips. It's great. If you have not she's heard so it. She's so great.
0: Everything about her is great.
1: So good. The music video is so great and so sassy and I watched her performing the song live on the Today Show and it was incredible because she is a genuine performer. Yeah. Everything. About, she doesn't care. Like she's a plus size woman. She hasn't always been plus size, but she's. Hopped out some kids. So her body has changed and she has embraced every moment of that. She dresses it impeccably. Her makeup is always on point. And she just, she's like, I'm not a dancer, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to dance. Right. I'm going to pay people to dance if I want them to dance. Otherwise, I'm just going to stand here and shake the house down with my vocal cords. And I am. oh
0: Because that voice that is voice. a gift from above. Like she is, she is. Hashtag blessed.
1: Yes, she and we are so blessed to have her. Amen. Also, if you haven't listened to Kelly Clarkson Christmas album, it's a it's, it's a banger.
0: Like, I mean, can we say it's the best one ever made? I would, but like that doesn't mean it is. But like, <laughs> for it's, Kurt, it is the it's, best Christmas it's like album, right up there with In Sync, Home for Christmas. Oh. But
1: it's it's September. (laughs) "Mm, Yeah,
0: I don't know why we're talking about that.
1: Because Kelly Clarkson is impeccable.
0: Fantastic. So if you're interested in what we are obsessed with at the moment, it's that.
1: Yes. Also, uh, over the summer, I became obsessed with two uh, podcasts that were new to me this summer. One of them being Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, which, like Kurt and I, is an adorable podcast. man and woman who are reading the Harry Potter books as if they are a sacred text. So they do biblical study with them and it's so interesting. And I am very much into it and has been very like formative and changing for how I read books now, which is great. And then Mm. also on a recommendation that Kurt has made to me 10 million times in my life, I started all the pod save America, like crooked media podcasts and it has been the only way I now consume political news. That I don't seek out my like I don't. It's great. It's it's the only way I can manage being yeah, in our current political climate. For me, climate.
0: It's, it's the only commentary I get on political news. So I still listen to a lot of NPR. I still read a lot of news in other places. But for my commentary, I don't watch cable news. I just get it through Crooked Media.
1: Yeah, I had to stop unless someone reaches out to me in particular and says you should read this article. Like the article that just came out. Oh, who published it? Was it the New York Times who published the first white president article?
0: I think so. Okay.
1: Because that article. I don't know.
0: I didn't read it, Kurt. but they talked about it on Ugh. the podcast. Okay.
1: Well, yeah. I. I sometimes I'll read an article, but otherwise, political climate. I need to just preserve self care, all that good stuff, yeah. in order to deal with it. Because things are. Crazy. And those guys are
0: freaking adorable. They're so, so handsome. Oh, like
1: John, love it. I'm not. I'm uh, when it comes to loving it or leaving it. I'm going to uh, love it. I'm uh, going uh, uh, to stay. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay her. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. Throw Inside joke references. Throwback to
0: Birmingham. Not the most recent one.
1: The one before that. Um, what What has been inspiring and motivating you in your time away from the podcast and forensics? Sort
0: Well, of? first of all, because I don't think we've had an opportunity to talk about it. I loved watching Nationals. Yeah, we watched stream. the live stream together. I loved it. Um, informative at, at nationals, I've checked a couple times and it's like impossible to find yeah, those performances. Find like they, they had all of the other perf- finals, um, posted for like a really long time. And that one for some reason was not included, but watching informative inspired me as a forensics coach in a way that like was above and beyond anything I've had recently. So I was really, really, I loved informative finals. They were so good. Awesome. Um so I loved that. I've been uh trying to, you know, I've been hustling a little bit on the audiobook stuff. Um there's not like like I, I want to make sure I'm doing books that I like actually enjoy mm-hmm. rather than just books that you know I can get which sometimes are not great. So yeah. I'm still I'm still chugging away on that. And also um, you
1: get married in like a month.
0: I was getting there. I was getting there. It's a I little can't believe
1: that wasn't like it's top a, of the pops. It's a
0: little more than a month. A little more, like barely it's like, a little. It's like a month and ten days.
1: Okay, fine.
0: And yeah, so eh, you know, we're getting there. Um, yeah, and NBD. It is kind of an NBD at this point because, like, it was a BD when we had to put all the invitations together and get mm-hmm. those out in the mail, and but you know, now that's all—it's all out and it's out in the world, and we're just waiting for people to RSVP and tell us whether or not they're coming.
1: I literally don't think I'm RSVP'd to your wedding.
0: You are not. Sorry about it. That. <laughs> that is something you should do. I should. Before October 1st.
1: Yeah, I should definitely make sure that I tell you I'm going to be there.
0: So, but I mean, like a lot of the fun and big important stuff is taken care of. The food, the cake, the rings. So now we kind of start thinking about the piddly stuff. Like today we ordered gifts for the wedding party and nice. uh, I have to kind of finalize some decorating plans. But other than that, it's like it's on the horizon and I'm excited, but like. This, I think, is the advantage psychologically of a long engagement mm-hmm. is like we've been engaged been for a year out, and a yeah. half. It's like it's just time like it's time to get married now. It's it'll actually be almost two be, full years yeah. um, because we got engaged on my birthday, which is November 6th. In case anybody wants to send me a card or a present. Um, and then <laughs> like it's been almost two full years. Yeah. By the time we get married. Well, on noted 21st. for
1: whenever someone gets tricked into deciding to lock me down i'll do the long engagement like you and
0: john it's it's because yeah like we had plenty of time to plan Mm -hmm. like psychologically it's just like yep it's time now we've been living in sin shacking up for uh for some time I'm so
1: excited! It's going to be a delight. It will be, and and a good number of people who enjoy and listen to our podcast will be in attendance with yeah, us. Yeah, I'm which really is going excited. To be so to,
0: And you know, apologies to those forensics people who didn't make the cut, but anybody who's ever hosted a wedding knows at some point you have to cut.
1: Yeah, you got to like, make
0: it. Have, <laughs> like, so like, I I do have a nice handful of uh, forensics mentors and friends. Uh, coming to the wedding, and I'm excited for you guys to get to spend some. Some casual time together at a really fun event. Yeah. That nobody had to put on and nobody had to like lead a meeting for.
1: I mean, you had to put it on. Well, yeah,
0: I did, but like, you know what I mean? Like,
1: but it's in celebration of you and not in celebration of passing new proposals. Right,
0: right. Um, Excellent transition, Melissa, (laughs) into what we're talking about today. The reason we are back for this one off episode, because I'm not saying we're ready to start going weekly again. Mm -mm. But this this one off episode is here to discuss uh, the proposals that are coming uh, to the WFCA membership at next week, Saturdays. Fall meeting, which starts at one o'clock in the afternoon at Marquette University High School. If you did not get the information, make sure to go to WFCAforensics.org to find out where to go. Every school who is a member is invited. So please come.
1: Also, a reminder that the program assistance chair. That, that's me. We'll be hosting uh, the annual coaching clinic at 9 a.m. that morning, and all member schools are expected to attend one coaching clinic every year. And this year, we're trying something a little different with the coaching clinic. So please come and tell me if it's horrible
0: or not. Yeah, it'll be fun. (laughs) Hopefully. I'm terrified. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to be there.
1: Kurt, you're, my, you're my ride. <laughs> I know, You know. better
0: be there. I'm going. I'm going.
1: Uh, but yeah, this year we uh, have how
0: many proposals? I counted 11 earlier in Eleven. 11 proposals. <laughs> so let's start there, shall we? Let's. WFCA. My beloved WFCA. <laughs> this is the second meeting in a row where there's just a lot of proposals. Now, in fairness... Some of these are ones that did not get discussed or voted on in the spring meeting, mm-hmm. and so they're carrying over. And
1: some of them are things that happen every fall, like category committee submitting um, mm-hmm. the potential topics and prompts. Oh, and I'm
0: not even going to go through those. Heck no. I'm talking I'm talking about 11 other. Well, I guess, yeah, that does count okay. as one so of Okay, the so then 11. there's 10. So 10, yeah. Um, so let's talk about uh, the very first proposal. Yes. If you're looking from top to bottom,
1: after you skip categories, after
0: you skip categories, which we are okay with, categories yeah, are fine.
1: They're great. Leave it alone.
0: Not that anybody listening was like waiting for our endorsement, but whatever. <laughs> Maybe they were.
1: I would hope someone's like, I wonder what Melissa and Kurt think. Otherwise, what are they doing listening to us? <laughs> if they don't care what we think, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't give a, I don't care at all what you think.
0: Good for you. I, Thank good you. Good for you. Thank you.
1: I'm glad that you exist in that life form. But mm-hmm. also, let me recommend like 13 other podcasts <laughs> for you to spend your mind, your time, and mind power listening to where you might care what they think. It's true. But anyway. But like
0: you know what I mean. Like they don't need yeah. us to endorse something. I guess the WFCA
1: like, isn't voting with the entirety of the association, but then also at the end looking back at us in the back of my life. <laughs> right. Line, and Kermel is not.
0: Yeah, we yeah. yeah. oh. got it. <laughs> oh, what would happen if like one of us put a thumbs up and then the other one put a thumbs down?
1: I would want the entire room to react appropriately. <laughs> also, I don't need that much power in my life.
0: <laughs> it would be so funny though.
1: As a female, oh, I don't know I what it's like it. to have that kind of power.
0: It's true. Let's not get into that right here right now. Impromptu. Impromptu. Okay. So we have a proposal to establish impromptu speaking as a regular WFCA category. This was submitted by President Ben Kroll.
1: Hashtag never Kroll. Hashtag not my president.
0: Um, Rationale, quite simple. It's that we've been doing it for a lot of tournaments.
1: And kids like it.
0: Kids like it. Kids are doing it.
1: Look back at how many kids at state signed up to do it and the fact that they had to do a lotto to figure out who was going to compete in it. There is the desire there.
0: Right. And the WHSFA has already made it a full-time category.
1: So there you go. So
0: there you go. Like there's an opportunity for the WFCA to meet the HSFA where they have already moved in a direction without us. We can can come up and and match them. Um
1: I don't. Well, I mean, do you
0: want to talk like personally about how you feel about it? Like,
1: I mean, I think we've talked about it before. I think impromptu is a great category. I love it as a category for a coach to throw a kid into when they're like, I don't know what I want to do. I'm going to be really indecisive. Or when a kid doesn't has absolutely no idea what they want to do. They don't want to do speech or interpret acting. Impromptu is a place we can figure out what skills they might have in speech so they can go in and they do something kind of acty with it. They choose a character chuck them there. It's also a great place to figure out if a kid might be good in limited prep like extemp. Yeah. I think it's a great place to just one put a kid and two also figure out where to put a kid. Your thoughts?
0: Like in general, I'm not a proponent of adding categories at this point. Like I still think we have too many. Okay, Peter ones. But we have 17 categories. It's it's a lot of categories. Um, so in general, like, I'm not a fan of adding a category. If we were to add one, this is definitely the one that makes the most sense. So that's where I fall. Like, I don't know at this point how I'll vote next week, like as Sheboygan North, but I, I don't know. I need to be convinced that it's a good thing to have another category. I'll
1: work on it. I got it. (laughs) I'm there. I'm there.
0: Next. Categories.
1: Uh, Proposal to address restarting in all categories submitted by President-elect John Rademacher. And yeah, so this is to have something in writing in our rules that says how a judge should address a student who decides to stop during the performance and restart it and how we should approach the critiquing
0: of mm-hmm. it. So this is one of those proposals that we talked about in the spring. Mm-hmm. So I think if you want like a really full examination of it, go back and listen to that episode that had Elliot Fisher in it.
1: Also because it has Elliot in it and right. he's just more charming. than I
0: I, I don't remember what that episode was titled. Um, I think it was like "I'm Just a Proposal." So it was a play on "I'm Just a Bill."
1: I think so. On Capitol
0: Hill. So I like think because we're
1: big Schoolhouse Rock fans, right?
0: Um, so I think that's what it's called. Like, look back a couple episodes in the feed and click on that. You can get a full uh, dissection of it this one. It is called
1: I'm Just a Proposal featuring Elliot Fisher.
0: There you go. Um, because we did go into detail on it a little bit more then. And I'm I'm still in the same place, which is that, like, I I think it should be up to the judge. Yep. Let um, the judges discern. The, the proposal very eloquently points out how that can be a problem and... Um, I don't disagree with that, but I think it's the same problem that exists in every other part of our activity mm-hmm. in that we allow judges who have different um, thoughts and different feelings and different backgrounds and different perspectives and different training to go into a room and decide who is the best and who was the worst. That's the system we have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this falls under the heading of let the judge decide um, What is being proposed, however, is something that I typically do. Yeah. If I see if a kid asks to start over, I typically say, yeah, but I'm going to keep timing. Mm -hmm. So
1: also it's just one of those things that depends, like it's the idea of not allowing the motivation for it is the idea of not allowing a student who might have slightly flubbed starting over again versus a student who is having a moment of maybe genuine panic and needs the moment to take a break, sit down and then come back again which I have allowed a student to do before, especially in the beginning of the season, especially if they look like a like mm-hmm. a little, like a little new baby. Right. want to let them try. Got to yeah. encourage them. Because remember, this activity is not about judges, it's not about coaches, it's about kids.
0: Right. And again, like that's something that like in the room, the judge can kind of decide, like, is it because the kid's freaking out that they need to start over? Or are they mm-hmm. starting over because they just feel like they didn't do a good job and they just want a second chance to like really nail their intro?
1: Yeah. Which you as a judge should be able to decide. Right. But we'll see what the association decides on Saturday, September 16th at Marquette University High School, 1 p.m.
0: <laughs> Thank Our you be- for that, like, interstitial commercial. Thank
1: you. I'm <laughs> trying really hard. For
0: the uh, the actual meeting itself.
1: I'm trying to remind people the reason they're listening to this is to be prepared for the meeting so they can start thinking about what they want to say now so discussion moves at a better clip. Yeah. Speaking of moving at a clip.
0: Next Next proposal, proposal Proposal to remove references to acting in interpretation. Um, Again, we talked about this in the spring, so you can get the full description there. Melissa is trying to drink water quietly. It's really funny. I wish people could be here to see what I'm seeing.
1: Stop, calling me (laughs) out. (laughs) Also, I will point out that I put on lipstick to come record an audio podcast. (laughs) I was like three blocks away and I was like, Put on lipstick to come here.
0: (laughs) Why did I do that? You never know. You could have shown up and there would have been cameras. I would have been so Maybe I would have been like, we're a video podcast now. We're a vodcast.
1: I just viscerally reacted to the portmanteau of vodcast. I don't know how to feel. Anyway, removing acting from intercategory rules. Mm -hmm. We've had this discussion so many times on our podcast, like, Everyone has a different definition of what they believe makes acting and
0: interp different. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, coming back to this a few months after discussing it the first time, like, I feel even more strongly that I like this proposal. Really? I like taking away the ability for a judge to say it was too acty.
1: Okay. Okay. I believe that the reason that judges use the phrase it's too acty is because they're unable to discern something else about the piece they don't like.
0: Right. So So I'm saying take that away from them and maybe they'll be better able to figure out what it is they actually don't like.
1: I guess. But I also think that part of that is a failure of the coaches who are hiring the judges to show them actual visceral differences between the two. Cause some some people when you ask what the difference between interpret acting, they say there is none. It's a title which you're crazy and you're wrong, but I think that it is on, and you know, as program assistant chair, who leads a coaching clinic every year in fall, it starts at 9 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, it's on coaches to bring knowledgeable, thoughtful judges to the pools for all the tournaments they are attending. And I mean, I'm willing to be convinced that we should remove it. I think it's a, it is It is nice to, have, to not have that thing there, but I feel like it's another thing where, our, where people are trying to solve a judge problem Not with the judges themselves, but in the sheets of paper. Mm -hmm. And for some judges, yes, not having those words there means they won't use it. But we have judges who've been judging for us for years who are still going to write it down.
0: But I think it sends a strong signal from the organization to those judges that they shouldn't anymore, you know? And like, which is, again, not to say that they're not able to comment on like something being overly gestured or not liking as like... So much movement in a piece, but like mm-hmm. then they have to call out those things that they think are acting instead of just saying it's too acty. Because here's the other part about a critique that says it's too acty that's really difficult as a coach is like, how do you explain that to your kid if you're not sure what it was about the piece that they thought was too acty? Yeah. So I, 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 I. Okay, like said, fine.
1: You convinced me. Oh, I was kind wow. of wishy washy coming in anyway. But I don't, as program assistants chair, I like thing, that
0: I'm able to convince you of things, but only when you haven't really do, like committed because, to one thing or the other to start with.
1: Because one of the things that we get along with in life is that we're both relatively stubborn people. So, yeah, um, as the program assistants chair, one of the things that I butt up against running the coaching clinic is that every year the coaching clinic is part coaching clinic, part judging clinic. And one of the things that people really push in program assistance is like, that it's my job to help do that and push that message. But also like, I also want to just be assisting programs rather than Mm -hmm. like being overlord of judge pool. So this is one of those things where I always want to put the power in the hands of judges and let them discern. That's my opinion on a good amount of the things that we're going to talk about for proposals. It's just like, you should train your judge to know better. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But I guess having, like, as long as we have as many, the opportunity to put as many tools in place as possible to not have to deal with them, we should have those tools in place. Especially ones I don't have to create and post on the website.
0: <laughs> Amen. All right. Should we um, talk about eliminating the speaking stand reference um, in Group and Terp?
1: Yeah. And the center stage start? Yeah. Just just do it. Most people don't know it's a rule anyway.
0: Right. Unless, so,
1: unless you are someone who... Does a lot of group interp and purposely make sure that you are not having, that you are center stage starting? You probably don't notice and judges aren't right. focusing on it. I've never heard of someone wanting to DQ a group interpret for not having a center stage start.
0: So. Me neither. Most of us aren't aware it's a rule. Nope. All right. So if that one needs a st- if you if you're the type of person listening to the podcast who's looking for an endorsement, there it was. Got it. Full throated endorsement. We should get rid of the speaker stand and center stage start. You don't like the term full-throated? Not at all. It's it's an expression. I know,
1: but I just don't like it at all. Oh my gosh,
0: you guys. It looks like Melissa got a stomach ache all of a sudden. <laughs>
1: Just I'm very I'm just making our podcast very visual today, and I'm very <laughs> sorry, everyone. Oh, I'll post a picture of us later. I'm I like, can't
0: not react to you making our
1: faces. I know because we're facing each other and we have to look at each other, and we're the only things we can look at. I mean, at least I don't know about you, but like I have art that I can look at when I don't want to make eye contact. I with have you. my
0: lovely bookshelf.
1: Okay, you have your bookshelf and all your knickknacks. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Um, speaking of being very visual, How the next proposal—dare
0: you call them knickknacks?
1: Tchotchkes.
0: My keepsakes, my treasures.
1: Okay, so is everything in your fiance's office treasures?
0: No, in fact, a lot of that stuff is his, and I just thought it looked pretty, so I put it on the shelf.
1: (laughs) Okay, but going back to my excellent segue about being very visual today, the next proposal is the uh, allowance of visual aid and informative. For those of you who do not know, nationals-level informative, also informative elsewhere in our country, Mm -hmm. allows the use of a visual aid in the presentation of the speech, so we should too. Also, one of the things that was so invigorating about the informative final round was how cool those visual aids yes. were. And one of the there's uh, there was a lot of discussion this year because there were some really interesting, thoughtful, like kind of intense visual aids and moments in history. Mm-hmm. And those same things people want to do in informative,
0: right? And I think that that's a really valuable skill to teach a young person to yeah, have dude. to think visually. How can I Um, share this message in a way that the viewer will be able to more easily understand what it is I am trying to say, what I am trying to teach them. These are the types of skills that we should be teaching our young people. Mm -hmm. And here's a great opportunity to allow them to do that. And for some reason, when we created informative and changed it from four minute to informative, we eliminated the possibility of doing a visual aid because it was in the original proposal and we as a group were like, eh, let's just keep it for a minute.
1: Um, Um, I remember the argument being in the meeting that four minute is an introductory speech category and putting the burden of a visual aid on them is not fair. But let me point you to moments in history where not everyone has a visual aid and there are plenty of speeches that make it to power round without them. So I believe that informative would be the same way.
0: I agree, especially because like it's new and like there will be, a period of several years of transition, as the students figure out what it is that informative um, is and, and like does what, for them. Yeah, and what those visual aids can be. And uh, yeah, again, I just take such issue with the rationale that we shouldn't um, allow something because it allows a student to excel over another student. Like I just there there are certainly very specific educational environments in which you have to be careful. To make sure that, you know, every student is advancing Mm -hmm. in a similar way. And there are some people who even disagree with that. But let's let's say there are some educational environments in which that's appropriate. Yeah. Forensics competition is not one of those educational environments where we have to make sure that we are leveling the playing field. If one person is fantastic at visual aids and is doing informative speaking and that gives them an advantage, then Okay. Like it's the same as somebody just being a really great writer or somebody just being a naturally talented and charismatic speaker. Some things you will teach the kids and some things they will come to naturally and, and they'll just be good at it. And we got to let the kids just be good at some stuff. Sometimes kids are just going to be good at it and we shouldn't hold them back because we are afraid that somebody else might not be able to keep up or might feel intimidated or feel like, oh, I have to do a visual aid now.
1: And it is the idea of when we make those decisions, we we are holding other kids back. And the acknowledgement that people learn and intake information in different ways, I myself am a very visual person. So I want, I need those visuals to help me. Also, on the national and like rest of the country level, informative is 10 minutes long. Right. So those that having the visual aid can be really helpful to those students. And I think that when you decide that that you want to hold a student back because you're worried about a freshman being intimidated, you have to remember, we've talked about this before, like changing what the narrative says there. Like it shouldn't be threatening or intimidating. It should be motivational. Right. So let it be motivational. As long as you change the narrative for your students, they'll change it for themselves.
0: Right. So Forensics Faces feels strongly that we should allow visual aids in informative speaking. Guys,
1: they could be so cool. We feel
0: strongly about it.
1: Just let them do it.
0: All right. Um. So another informative speaking proposal...
1: Next one, we're still talking about informative. We're talking about the topics of informative and what constitutes a worthy, informative topic.
0: So this was a really interesting read to me. First of all, I will say Burton Davis, who submitted this from Franklin, like, good job. I totally understand what it is you're getting at here. Mm-hmm. Um, so like this to me is an example of a really good proposal because I understand. I understand the point. I understand uh, the reasoning, reasoning, as he puts it here. Um I don't know. Okay, so what the proposal itself is saying um, that the description of informative um, includes, you know, judging criteria for how worthy the topic is Mm -hmm. um, and that that is.
1: It's the conflict of what a student finds worthy versus what a judge finds worthy. Right. That
0: you're kind of giving the judge the ability to say, like, uh, the speech wasn't worth doing and therefore I can give you a lower score even if the speech was well done, which, you know,
1: but I will, I will say as, as a, from a judge standpoint, I have gone into a four minute round and used worthiness of topic in like a way to discern ranks. Mm-hmm. But I do like the wording that he chose, which is to change the text to be the extent to which the student justifies the worthiness of the topics and ideas of the speeches. Uh,
0: we're worthy of being heard. Yeah. Yeah. That which again like it it it, it what it does is it puts the onus on the student to explain, mm-hmm. which I do think is something that's important and it is something I have definitely commented on as a judge to say like I don't understand why this was important and you didn't convince me or like you know you could you could devote 30 seconds of the speech to like why this is important to mm-hmm. talk about. Um I mean, I remember the very first informative speech I ever watched last year, very first tournament, was on Star Wars. And because I am marrying the man I'm marrying, I had some background on Star Wars. And like, while the kid included a lot of interesting facts, the informative speech really lacked any justification for itself. Um, And like, there's an entire culture and company built around star wars Mm -hmm. it's not going to take long to explain why it's worth talking about yeah um but he didn't do that it was just like and here are some interesting facts about star wars so like by this the way this uh is worded the extent to which the student justifies the worthiness of the topic and ideas of the speech were worthy of being heard i still would have been justified in saying to that kid like you got to tell me why this is worth listening to Yeah. So I don't know. I'm on the fence on this one. Where are you at?
1: I I appreciate the wording in it. It's one of those things where I rest on the idea of a judge being able to discern whether or not a topic is worthy. And also I believe that it's already something a student should have to do an informative. But again, from a program assistant standpoint and someone who's unofficially put in charge of the judges' pools being good, having another thing there that lays out for a judge. What they are empowered to do and how to rank and fill out their critiques, I can see it being a good thing. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be a thing that allows students to just do whatever strange thing they want in informative. I still want it to be like, I want students to come with a passionate topic in informative Mm -hmm. and me help as a coach mold it into what is. An informative presentation of the thing that they're passionate about. But I guess it's one of those things that just lays out for judges
0: Mm -hmm. what they should be Well, and you know what? Maybe what I like, what I'm responding to about the proposal, I will say like there is some, there's some language in here that I don't disagree with. Um, But what I, what I'm responding well to is his, the way he rewords it because I think it not only signals to the judge that they are to listen for the student presenting a worthy topic that Mm -hmm. the student is supposed to justify it. I think it also signals something to the student, which is that, Hey kid, who's writing this speech in order to be successful, you got to tell me why I should be interested in this, Mm -hmm. which is a step that like as a coach, I always have that conversation with, with my speech writing students.
1: Mm -hmm. No matter what the speech
0: is. There's always a moment where I say, okay, now tell me why this is important. And they go, "Um, well, and then they list some reasons and I'm like, great, put that in your speech. Because if it's not there, if you don't know why it's important, if you're not clear as to why you are talking about it, then neither is your audience. Mm-hmm. You always so. have to
1: explain to people why to care. That's why we have introductions in interp pieces. It's because you have to tell the audience why to care. Mm-hmm. You just do. And yeah. some people don't appreciate that burden, but it is on the burden of the performer to tell us
0: why. Yeah. So. Okay. I guess what we're saying is like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think I, this is when I'll be interested to hear the conversation from the group. I have a feeling somebody at some point will say something that will help clarify my position. Because mm-hmm. um, that's usually what happens at these meetings is yeah. somebody speaks up and brings a perspective that I hadn't considered up to that point, And I go, oh, huh. OK, I get it now. And then I am I am solidified. Um, OK, moving on. Special occasion. <laughs> Uh, So this is another proposal from Mr. Burton Davis of Franklin. And this is a proposal to add a clarification rule that either prohibits or allows acting, um, which I think is very reasonable of him because I know where he falls on this. Personally, um, but he, what he is asking for is simply clarification. Just so this, choose, guys. This Just is choose. an interesting one because he's he has proposal A and proposal B, um, which would be, you know, proposal A is acting, voices, postures, et cetera, are specifically prohibited, i.e. no acting in quotation marks. Um, and proposal B would be acting, voices, postures, etc are specifically allowed. So. It's, uh, this, okay, so we've had this debate time and time again, because I am one who, when I coach my special occasion kids, I like to hear them giving a speech that I think maybe someday in their life they could actually give this speech. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that they're not going to have to make some stuff up. It just has to like exist in the real world. Yeah. Um. Whereas there have been some very successful special occasion speeches that have lived in another world altogether. Yeah. Sometimes literally on another, another planet. World. Yep. Um. You know, which is is you know, creative and interesting. And I'm not saying that it's not, uh, that it wasn't an exciting way to go for a special occasion for a little while. Um, but I am one of those coaches who is now in the camp of like, let's bring it back to reality. Um, I think it's become a crutch for students who are writing speeches that, that may be funny and entertaining, but don't, don't live in like, it's not teaching them to to give a speech that they might actually someday have to give.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those things where we have taken the intent of the category and turned it into using it as the, like, how to get the competitive edge. And we just talked about the idea of, like, allowing students to have competitive edge. But I think in the case of a really nice uh, visual aid, it's very different from, like, students being told by their coaches one thing, which is to say this is a speaking category Mm -hmm. we don't want you to like slip into like a strange affectation or anything. And this is a struggle that I had with my spec ox student at ideas who would, who who wanted to try to have like a voice and a character. And so instead we worked on this idea of like changing the energy levels and like the volume to present a character rather than like via accent and stuff. But Mm -hmm. it was always really frustrating for him because judges would say like, We thought you were pretty good, but the people he was losing to in rounds were the ones who were like high school students transforming into very, very old people. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I stand along the idea of not wanting to stifle creativity, but also not wanting to blur the lines of the intent of the category. Right. I think that we need to, it's one of those things we need to really focus on. And we talked about a lot at last year's coaching clinic was the idea of expectations versus the reality of the rules. And there are things that we expect in certain categories that aren't actually in the rules of the categories is what we think is there. And we're getting to a place now where people are expecting spec to be this grandiose performance rather than these like real world presentations.
0: Right.
1: So I stand along the idea of, Voting for proposal A, which says acting voices, postures are specifically prohibited, i.e. no acting. But I also understand people who come from the idea of, like, let kids do whatever. If a kid wants to do a special occasion and, like, do it from this viewpoint, let them. Right. I I, I really enjoy finding interesting ways to approach the special occasion topics where it's like a presentation of a new invention. It's like, great, I want you to be an evil villain presenting their laser that's going to take out the moon. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to do, like, an evil villain character to present that speech if it's well written. But that is just me. And I know people yeah. who are listening who disagree.
0: Right, me too. And and I am probably gonna and I fall, respect you. I'm gonna probably fall on the side of like actually not taking action on this. Not mm. beca- because and here's the thing. And again, I know like Burton and I have talked about this, you and I have talked about this mm-hmm. before. But to me, like this proposal doesn't actually get to the heart of the issue. I don't want to hear an evil scientist on the moon speech unless Unless. Unless and we're getting to the point where maybe okay. Like unless we think in thirty years scientists from Earth will actually be doing research on the moon. And that is a part of the speech. And it tells me, like, you know, in 2024 when we established the first colony on the moon. And yeah, like we're kind like, of
1: col- we're we're col- like, I cannot say colonized. But like
0: so many kids don't do that. They just jump to like the evil crazy genius. Yeah. You know, doing a, a weapon on the moon. If it can live in the real world. And that to me is is what I would like special occasion to address as a category. I would like it to live in the real world. Well, maybe Kurt I is going like to write
1: a proposal that says that all special occasions should live within a, a, a veil of reality rather than a veil of fun. Because Kurt doesn't like fun. Just kidding. Kurt loves
0: fun. I'm not going to do that. And I'll tell you why. And this is um, just like. Public service announcement. So I'm the TPP chair now, and I feel strongly that like it's the role of TPP tournament practices and procedures to interpret the rules, not to make them. Mm. So as long as I have that role, I feel like I will kind of sit back and watch what the organization wants to do, and I am not going to propose any rule changes. I might point out where rule changes are confusing to TPP, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's TPP's place to propose how that rule is fixed. I think that's why we have a category committee. So and I think a lot of these category changes, you know, would would again benefit from that kind of like workshopping in in category committee. Yeah. And I I think that that's something that the WFCA should probably look into um, a little bit is like maybe we need to refine our process for how proposals are submitted so that it can it still comes from the membership. But then. There's an opportunity for whoever made the proposal to kind of like workshop the proposal with a smaller group of people and then it gets proposed yeah to the full membership. so okay moving on
1: moving on proposal. to a proposal for uniformity and purpose of categories submitted by a friend of the podcast Scott Peterson. Uh, this proposal exists to change purpose of category in informative speaking, solo acting humorous, and solo acting serious. So in a lot of the other categories, it says the purpose is something to develop the skills of, but in these categories, uh, informative being a new one, says informative is a general speech designed to explain, blah, blah, blah. The general purpose is for the audience to gain understanding. Solo hum is to bring a humorous text to life through solo performance. Solo serious is to bring a dramatic text to life through solo performance. So this is just to change it to be Uh, To develop the skill of speaking informatively, to develop the skill in bringing humorous text to life, and develop the skills of bringing a dramatic text to life. Just so they all look the same. Sure. Yeah. I love parallel structure. Bring it on.
0: I'm fine with that. It'll be interesting if the previous uh, proposal we talked about gets passed, because then we will have to alter the language of this. Mm -hmm. um, Because it says without using auxiliary visual materials for informative. Uh, But we can always update that on the fly.
1: We can. That's
0: okay.
1: We got we got the rules for that. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. A proposal for professional voices in radio. I forget. Did we talk about this a lot in the spring?
1: I don't remember. It doesn't
0: come to me as something we spent a lot of time on. So, um, you know. So this comes from Joe Meineke of Muskego, who is himself a radio professional. Uh, he is a radio producer. And the argument that he's making is that what a lot of our kids are doing in radio is, again, it's crossing that line into acting. And so this is kind of the theme of where we are at in the WFCA right now is a lot of talk about what is acting and what is some other skill set.
1: It's also a category where we operate under the idea of expectation versus what the rules say. So on radio, coaches and judges will expect you to have the voice that presents the news and slip into a different voice to present the weather and perhaps even another different voice to present sports. The rules themselves don't state that. But the expectation right. of the category is turned into the idea that you are yourself representing an entire uh, radio like panel. I don't know what to call those folks.
0: <clears throat> like a team of, of radio. A cool radio yeah. squad. Yeah. And so what Joe is proposing is that we would make it a rule uh, to have it sound more like the first five minutes of an NPR Uh, you know, news hour, uh, which some, and I would even say like BBC is probably a better example of this because NPR does tend to switch to, um, and you can actually watch this, by the way, if you're not following the NPR uh, Facebook page, you should be, because sometimes they will show the live readings at the top of the hour from like Corva Coleman. And it is fascinating to watch somebody in that professional environment. They are at the board doing it themselves. Like, Grabbing the piece of paper, reading the news, setting it down, going to sound cue of somebody else explaining it, bringing it back, reading the next story, sending it over to somebody else, starting the conversation. It's fascinating to watch somebody do that live and to know that it is live and any little mistake they make is just going to be a part of the news. Follow the NPR Facebook page. Watch this happen. It's fascinating.
1: Today's podcast but, episode brought to you by Kurt Love of
0: NPR. Oh my god, I love NPR. Um, this podcast is brought to us by the love of NPR it's because true. I would not have started a podcast if, if I didn't, didn't love, love NPR. NPR. But so but what that taught me is that you know those live readings do have some elements of like the person in the booth sends it over to somebody else. And so a real world example of somebody reading the news I don't know that I, I think part of the reason this trend has started is that what we hear on the radio now is somebody introducing something and then throwing it to somebody else. And so what we have gotten used to as listeners is hearing different voices in a radio broadcast. Do I love some of the stereotyping of characters that exists? You know, listen
1: to our episode to taboo for the tab Right. About
0: like and, it, and it, it exists in radio as well. Like, no, sometimes those, inter, those, uh, um, not imitations, but uh impersonations yeah. of people like are not particularly skilled or sensitive or smart. Mm-mm. And that is certainly something that you can critique. Um but you know, I don't I don't know that what we have in radio now is five minutes of one person reading the same in the same voice.
1: And I but I also throughout. don't think that everyone who is successful in radio everyone in that power round is doing that. You recorded the radio power round at Sun Prairie and, and listening to those performances, those kids did some of them are making the choice to be multiple characters. Some of them are choosing to be more of what we would expect to be the NPR BBC, which is one person presenting all the news. I think it's one of those things where it's something that some kids are trying and other kids aren't. And we don't want to take away the creativity of that and take away the endorsement of kids trying those things. So
0: and I guess that kind of harkens back to what we were just saying about, you know, if one kid is a very skilled mimic and can quickly change between uh, voices on the radio, and they're doing it well, and they're presenting all the information in an engaging and entertaining way, mm-hmm. like, are are we trying to even the playing field by taking away their ability to do that if it's something they are naturally good at? Mm-hmm. Um, And
1: it's up to a judge to be able to discern whether or not the voices that are being presented are enjoyable and good. And you might be since you don't make eye contact or watch the performance of radio, if you mm -hmm. would be able to tell that the same person and some of them are going to be cheesy character voices that are being done by the student. Yeah. And you but that's for a judge to say you're being racist. You're making a lazy decision. Don't do that. You can tell them the one voice you use. Just go with that. Let a judge say that. Let a coach tell a student that. But we also have to sometimes let students make mistakes. But we are here as coaches and judges to correct them via critique.
0: So I guess where I land on this is I would not vote for it because I feel like this is an interesting conversation and we should keep having that conversation. I'm not at a point where I'm ready to vote to regulate it. Yeah. Mm Yeah. Okay. Okay, okay, so our final proposal is, and I'm sorry to say this because I do respect. Like, like and respect uh, the person who submitted it, um, and I like and respect the people that it was likely sent to who then put it on the website. However, as a member of the WFCA, I will say that I think this proposal lacks some necessary components to Mm -hmm. be considered for a vote.
1: Yeah, I don't, I will, I believe that it should not be brought to the table. It does not offer uh, the actionable change where you Mm -hmm. say how the rules are laid out currently, what they, you don't have the list, like you don't have what you would like to change the rules to. Right. And so if we do not have a action of what to change in our bylaws, then this is just sort of like just someone stating some stuff on some paper that we're posting on our website. Right.
0: So, yeah, I I think this, this lacks detail. It needs to have, um, how the, you know, the actual language of the bylaws would change. I think that should be required when submitting a proposal, Mm -hmm. um, And I I would like some more rationale behind the decision or the proposal as well. Um, So the proposal itself, for those who haven't seen it, it is a proposal to change the number of stories in storytelling. Um, It was submitted by Angie Cicero of Homestead High School, and she is proposing that we alter the rules for storytelling so that students learn three stories, one for each round, and then have the freedom to choose their best story for performance in the power round. This is not a new idea. We've heard nope, this. We've talked uh, about it a bunch, batted about before. Um, my recommendation would be, and we'll see what happens at the meeting. But if we get to this point in the meeting, it also has the disadvantage of being the tenth proposal that we'll be discussing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think this is again one that could benefit from some workshopping in the actual category committee. Yep. So this was one. This is one that I would love to see go to category committee for some more discussion, and then get a recommendation from them. And I think they have discussed this in the past. I think it's something that's come up in category committee. Yeah.
1: Cause we used to have even more stories. We had
0: five and now we're down to four. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at state where there's a semi-final and a final, they are allowed to pick their best story for final round. Yep. We've already made that change. Um, I think, you know, I know my rationale for why I like this, Mm-hmm. Um, I have some rationale for why I don't like it, but like I could easily come up with some reasons why, you know, three would be preferable. Most of them having to do with recruiting new people and storytelling is a daunting task of having to come up with four stories um, and that the presentation of storytelling has turned into, for the most part, solo acting on a chair. Mm-hmm. Um, so it requires a lot more preparation than simply being familiar with a story and being able to recite it, which you know, that's reasonable if you're asking somebody to be familiar with four stories and then tell it convincingly versus have what is basically four solo home performances yeah, in the chair memorized good, good and monologues. ready to go. Um, so, again, I th- I think the idea has merit. I don't think the proposal is fleshed out enough to even vote on yep. um, at the meeting. But I, I would like to, s- to see and hear some more. Um, about it.
1: Yeah. Anything to add? I don't think so. Okay. Other things of note for this weekend, um, uh, make sure that you come. It's going to be great. Uh, we'll be meet, we'll going. we'll have our fall exec board meeting on Friday night. Now mm-hmm. that Kurt is on the exec board and back in it, you enjoy your yeah. time away, your short, short time away.
0: I did. It Welcome was, back. It was good. Um, but again, like the role I'm playing TPP is mm-hmm. not. Uh, it's, it, I think for me, it's the appropriate amount of commitment to the WFCA at this point in time. I think I had the right amount of experience handling TPP issues at state. I am a tournament director, uh, myself, so I am glad to be in the spot that I'm in. I don't think I could be doing what you are doing right now with everything else I have on my plate outside the WFCA. Um, that was an interesting noise. Thank you.
1: (laughs) That's what it feels like inside of my body. Just a series of interesting noises.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The listeners are going to love that. Sorry. Um, but yeah, no, I am, I am happy to be serving the WFCA. I love this organization. I love this activity. I love these people. I love these kids. I want to be helpful. I want to be useful. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to be back in the room where it happens.
1: Good. While we are inside of what is our personal soapbox, I do want to say, uh, It's really kind of disheartening to go to an exec board meeting and look around and just see a lot of Caucasian people and mostly Caucasian men. And so I want to encourage people who are from other backgrounds to to step up and do things. I want like I want there to be more representation if you like people don't sit on these categories for forever or in these positions for forever. uh, They change a lot. And sometimes people are in that position because no one else stepped up to do it. Right. But, and then, but those people will also be so incredibly supportive. There've been Mm -hmm. a lot of program assistance chairs in the last like six years. It's changed hands four times. I'm the fourth one in in, like six years, but everyone who's come before me has been so incredibly supportive and helpful to me. So if you are someone who wants to try that and you are someone of a different background, you are, you are non-white. We would love to have you. I just, I would love to have more diverse representation in our Association officers and exec board members because our association is diverse and I want to make sure that we're properly representing. Right.
0: That. And uh, I think the only thing I want to say as an addendum to that mm-hmm. is I think the way to do that is to join a committee.
1: Yes. Join a like, committee, figure out what do you think like, it is you would be. I don't, good at I don't that.
0: want to like say what you're saying or not saying, but. Um, I, I think what you're saying is like, get more involved so that yes, eventually yes, 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 you yes, can yes. be leadership. Yes. Um, right. Do more things, not, not come to the meeting and be like, I'm going to be president now. Yeah.
1: Please like, don't do that. If you're Like if, start like, by getting in the committee, right. like figure out which committees you would be good at. Uh, and doesn't necessarily need to be like as program assistant share being on the program assistant committee. I send you like four emails all year long and that's it. Right. Like it's not a lot. It's very easy to do. But
0: where we really need energy and excitement right now is in communications. Yes. So if you especially if you are a person who understands the role that social media plays in communicating to young people um, or really to any age people at this point in time, you are, are you have a skill that is needed. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of young people don't think of that as a skill. But if you are 40 and below and you are on Facebook and Twitter, maybe even Instagram, you are qualified to, to help with communications. And so
1: please consider.
0: We hope that you will.
1: Do it. It'll be great. But that, I just want there to be more representation. But yeah, I'm excited for the executive board mm-hmm. meeting. Also, yeah, I've been spending the last two weeks planning the coaching clinic on Saturday. Again, it's the requirement for all members of the WFCA to attend a coaching clinic every year. We'll obviously have coaching clinics that are not just the one that happens before the fall meeting. But it's, it's the one that... No offense to my other program assistance committee members, but it's the one that has the most thought put into it and the most time put into it. Uh, I've been working on it for about two and a half weeks now. and been thinking about it for even longer. So please come and I want your feedback, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so please come. It'll be a good time. And then also those who come to the program assistants hosted coaching clinic, then get to go have lunch with all their cool friends. And so do that. It's a great time to meet people. We were just reminiscing about the fact that we, befriended Antonio when he came to his first fall meeting and didn't have anyone to go to lunch with. So he decided to come to lunch with Kurt and I. And now here we are years later with a blossoming, Mm -hmm. beautiful friendship.
0: And we were both like, who is this cute boy? I know it was like, he's so cute and he's so well dressed. He's talking
1: to us. Okay. And now here we are later and and he's sending us horrible Snapchats to interrupt our podcast. Melissa and
0: I were just like, nerdy enough in high school for that to be like to be approachable everything that we needed was just like oh hi oh oh hello yeah oh you you don't have the snap anymore i don't
1: have the snap anymore oh no mine went away too oh okay antonio sent us a horrible snap of him making a ridiculous noise we're going to embarrass him for deciding to try to interrupt our podcast with it but we won't uh other things of note. so yeah we're not on our regular schedule yet so don't expect us to be uh, we are taking, we're looking for more suggestions of things to talk about. We've been doing this podcast for what, three years now? Mm-hmm. So we want more feedback. Some of feedback. us a little longer. Some of us a little longer. We've been doing this, Kurt's been doing this format with me for a little over three years now. So we want more feedback of things you guys want us to talk about. And just a reminder, we want to talk about difficult things and we want to have people who represent not our story in forensics. Mm-hmm. Like doing the interview podcast was so enlightening for me to hear other people's journeys through forensics and how they got to where they are. Uh, so we want to do more of those. We want to get our podcast out about collegiate forensics. We want to do it. It's there. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, we want to talk about all sorts of things. So please, please, please go into our Facebook page. I posted on it a few weeks ago, asking for your feedback. Send us an email, listen at forensicsfaces.com. Tell us what to do,
0: Please, 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 please.
1: Also, if you have really great things that you've been listening to that have been inspiring and motivational for you as a coach, like post them to our page and share them with other people. Because some of us are having a hard time getting into the mindset that it's forensic season soon.
0: (laughs) It's so close, guys. Like, I know the school year just got started, but it is it's here. It's already here. Well, and some of us are
1: going to Glenbrook's November. So our season literally started the first day of school.
0: You crazy. Mm -hmm. You crazy. Okay. Well, okay. Here we go.
1: Anyway, thanks for coming back with us. We're glad to be back.
0: Forensics Faces is recorded and edited in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensics Faces, give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find more info at forensicsfaces.com. And make sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Forensics Faces. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa. Encouraging you to listen. Think. And speak. Preferably in that order.